Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. There are times where I have a guest where I think to myself, why in God's name hasn't this person been on our show? And Kelly Walters today is one of those people. Now, I know why she hasn't been on the show. She's very busy. We're very busy. And But finally, the stars aligned and I'm able to bring you one of the best people, one of the best marketing minds in financial services. So Kelly, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. We're going to go over three major things today. So what we're going to talk about is the actual who, not how, on why advisors who are really good at being advisors aren't necessarily great marketers. Then we're going to talk really a lot more deeply about how marketing needs to truly be integrated. And then the third thing is you're going to preview a tool. I'm super excited about this and talk about some stuff that you guys have built to really help advisors brands. So let's dive right in. A lot of things that make advisors really great their high level of attention to detail, their, their continuous strive for perfection, their very clear black and white thinking, make them very good advisors, but it doesn't make them very good marketers. And you've been doing this for a while, which you mind, I'm not trying to throw advisors under the bus and I know we're starting off like, but you know. You know what? I think first and foremost, I'm going to put it out there that advisors have 12 jobs already, Right. I hear you loud and clear, advisors that are listening. I know you have 12 jobs already. You're, you are the head of your client experience. You're, you're the head of your financial planning. You have compliance concerns to worry about. You're making sure that your office is running. You're a boss and a leader to the people in your office. I get it. So marketing to me, in their defense, is one more job that they need to take on. And it's not like a part-time gig. It is a skill that you hone and you grow and you master over years and years of, of figuring out what works. So to think that they're going to do that on top of all the things that they're already doing is pure insanity, first of all. But beyond that, it's I think there's a little bit of a different part of the brain that goes into what we do, right, Matt? Like, wouldn't you say there's like, you have to be a little bit crazy? Yeah, the creativity, the constant creativity, the constant thinking about what is going to resonate. There's a little bit of psychology, a little bit of creativity, and a little bit of reliance on data that all of those things have to be well aligned for something to work. And I think finally, the last piece of it, and I think maybe the most important piece of it is the things that you think should work don't always work. It's like in a financial plan or when you're giving financial advice based on your years of experience and your education and the tools that you're using, if you give this advice, this is the outcome that you will get. In marketing, it does not work like that. It doesn't work like that. You are reliant on so many outside variables that you can do what you think are all the things right and not get the outcome. So you have to be willing to pivot and optimize and change and adjust and grow and be at the mercy of the audience. That you're I know that you've experienced this too. 
we do things that might seem counterintuitive to a financial advisor. Why are you saying things this way? Why was this designed this way? Why were things written this way? Because if we are constantly, we call it pleasing the algorithm here at Proudmouth, right? So we're always looking at statistics and analytics and what's playing and what's getting clicks and what's not getting clicks and uh, what's getting likes and shares and comments and all of those sorts of things. What emails are being opened? What podcasts are being listened to? How do you address that with your clients? Oh my gosh, it's a constant conversation. The ones that I love the, the most are, hey, can you help me appear for this keyword? And then we do the research and nobody's looking for that. And they cannot understand it. I remember being at Orion and direct indexing was the wave. Everybody was, oh my gosh, direct indexing is the next, it's the next mutual fund, it's the next ETF. Nobody's searching for direct indexing. Nobody thinks about that type of service as direct indexing. They think about it as portfolio optimization. They think about it as tax management. They think about it as, and so to get the business to understand that you have to put yourselves in the shoes of the people that you're trying to reach and think about how they're thinking about it versus how you want them to think about it. It's like a job on top of the job that we already have for sure. Where do you go uh, to find out the stuff that you need to find out. So in our world of podcasting, we, we actually really only have a couple uh, of, of companies that do real research. Triton is the one that we focus the most on. But when it comes to, because we do social media and stuff too, but not to the level that you guys do with all of the overall marketing and branding that you do. So where do you go to really nerd out? I am, and my team will tell you this, I am, uh, I read everything. The middle of the night, like during dinner, I know it's a horrible thing, multitasking when I'm on calls, like I am constantly, and I don't even care the source because I want to know like how everybody's thinking and I'll take and decide which I, what I think is real and what I think is not. And then I'll test people's theories against other people's theories, but I read every, I honestly, everything. I do love Gartner for all CMO related research. I subscribe to that. I always have. I think it opens your eyes to more industries and how people outside of financial services are thinking about things. So I do pay attention to that. We love SEMrush. We love all the, the data that comes out of SEMrush about how people are thinking about digital marketing. Um, but yeah, I am my team. I'll tell you, I'm constantly all day long. Listen to this webinar. Here's another one. Here's another one. Read this. I try to get my team to make sure that everything that we can possibly find, we're all staying up to date on. And we all do that for each other, which is something I think all businesses should do. Make sure that you're constantly forcing each other to learn new things. We have a, a whole chat section that's articles worth sharing, right? And in fact, I just posted something there yesterday. And then Kirk, my partner, posted something very soon after that because him and I are, when I understand it's our business and we're totally nerdy and geeky and we live and breathe and eat this stuff. It's like our favorite thing in the whole wide world. And it's getting back to your original point. An advisor already has 12 jobs. We don't expect, and, and you as the advisor shouldn't expect that you're going to have the same level of passion and knowledge and nerdiness that we do uh, when it comes to the world of marketing and influence. So one of the other things I talk a lot about with this show is I talk a lot about jazz music. One, because I am actually a huge fan of jazz music, but you have been actually on main stage many times talking about how marketing really needs to work together. And if there's any misalignment, it can cause problems. Do you mind if we pivot to that? 
All right. Hey, without naming names, you guys know I was a CMO for Orion for some time. And we had a behemoth competitor who you all know, right? Now I think that the things have evened out and maybe not so behemoth to Orion anymore. But do you know what I counted on? I counted on the fact that they had a large amount of influence but didn't know how to channel it. If you looked at their LinkedIn, if you looked at their events, if you looked at their executives, if you looked at the presentations that they were doing, if you looked at the content they were putting out, they were telling you 10 different things, 20 different things at once across all their channels. I lived and breathed for that fact because I said to myself, team, and to my team, hey, if we can channel our influence by being as loud as we possibly can be across all the channels and all the audiences and all the segments that we have at our disposal and do it at once for the things that are most important to growing this business, we will take them down. And I'm sorry, company, you know who you are, you know what I'm talking about. It's a different wave of people now, so it doesn't matter. But I counted on it because I knew that getting our message to our audience in such a powerful way was going to blow them out of the water as they were trying to say 20 different things across 20 different channels. And I think it was a strategy that looking back was one of our strongest, making sure that the alignment across everything we're doing was using our voice in the strongest, most possible strongest way possible. So when you're working with firms, because you don't just work with independent advisors, but you work with RAs, you work with companies, you're in the same, we do the same thing, right? And so how do you, maybe this sounds like a really basic question, but for some reason it seems important to me to ask you this, where do they start for the alignment? You have to have that North Star, you have to have that common foundation in order to build everything, where do you begin? This is so silly. You're right. It's a, it seems like a silly question, but it's a, it's like your calendar. It's like we start by saying, tell us everything you have going on over the next quarter. Tell us every event you're going to be at. Tell us every speaking engagement you have. Tell us every big client you're talking to. Tell us every, you know, every commentary that you're planning to put out, topics that you're planning, you're thinking about. And then from there, we take it all and we say, okay, based on this and some supplements from obviously our team in terms of what they need to add to make it work, um, then we build out their sort of multi-channel program from there. It's like you just got to start with what's everybody doing? Where's everybody going to be? What's important to everybody? And it seems so silly, but you would be surprised at how, I mean, you're not going to be surprised you do the same thing, but like how crazy it is. Like get your arms around okay, so you're doing that and you're going here and you're doing this. And this all sounds like great because everybody thinks activity, activity, activity. But at the end of the day, I'll take less activity that's coordinated over a massive amount any day. Yeah. In fact, I just shot a Google ad commercial this morning that was talking about how advisors are just consistently um, browbeaten, for lack of a better description, that they just have to create more and more content. But when their content sucks, or it isn't in alignment, or it isn't all 
pointing in the same direction. So we want people to rise above the noise, not contribute to the noise. It's a huge component of who we are at Proudmouth. And you can rise above the noise with that unified message. So when you're deconstructing things and you get down to the basics, right? So yes, there's this advisor and this team and this, they're all doing these different things, right? But when you're saying, okay, we're going to create this unified marketing approach, what are you building that on? So you've looked at all of the activity, but when you deconstruct that and say, okay, we have to simplify this so that we can point and direct, where do we simplify and where do we point and direct? Many of you listening probably know the team led by Brian Portnoy at Shaping Wealth. They are a phenomenal client of ours. We love them dearly. They're so smart. The content that they put out is amazing. And when we got together with them, every firm wanted content from them. They were doing a hundred webinars, events, meetings. I think they still do a lot. They're still in high demand. But the conversation that we had to have with their team, that we continue to have with their team and that and the coming together that we have with them that is so strong and so special is that we have to ask ourselves, what is helping us get to our goal and the goal of our clients? And what is noise? Like what is what are things that are going to help us in their case drive OCBO subscribers, in their case drive attendance to their BFI summit, in their case drive people to their future-proof conversations? What are we doing at the end of the day? And for advisors, that's what are you doing to further educate your clients? What are you doing to get somebody who's, who thinks that they need help but isn't sure to take the next step and have a conversation with you? At some point, you have to narrow all of your things to, that you're, you want to do or think you should do into what is actually going to be a catalyst for the outcomes that I want. And it's amazing the exercise that is and what you realize you're spending time, money, and energy on that seems like a good idea but maybe isn't. I had an RIA client with a president who is on every panel at every event. She's talking and she's saying great things and she's super smart and she's amazing and everybody loves her. And I'm like, is it driving recruiting for you? Can you measure that? Do you know? Or are you away from your family more than you should be for no reason at all? These are the things that we need to ask ourselves. So again, it's asking yourself, where are all the things and all the places and all the content and all the ideas that you have, and then boiling it down to what is going to serve my purpose and activity for activity's sake. That's not my thing. It's Matt jumping in for just a second. If you're an advisor, you work in the expertise economy where influence is like oxygen. Influence is how you prove your expertise so more people want to work with you without you having to convince them. To find out how much influence you have right now, take our free five-minute test and get your influence scorecard. Just go to proudmouth.com to start. How do you help people? Now, I can understand the quantification of the purpose, but how do we get to the qualification? How do we get to the warm and fuzzy, new gooey center of what makes a firm, right? How, how do you do that? So let's, okay, so driving outcomes. So we've deconstructed to driving outcomes. Let's deconstruct that one farther, one step farther, right? Because it can't all be up here, right? It also has to be here. I'm pointing at my head and my heart for those of you who are just listening to this. So how do we get 
how do you, because I know you're really good at this, how do you pull the heart of the firm out so that people do feel unified and do feel that they're all rowing in the same direction? They're doing it happily because they believe in the same stuff. I, I'm going to use I want to use nitrogen as a good example, right? So their rebrand was unfreaking believable. The simple fact that you go to their fearless, which came back from whatever last week, two weeks ago, everybody on their team seems to have a unified mission, vision, and I'm not trying to tell you where I'm going here, but there, this is, there's an underlying thing there that I know you are way more of an expert than I am. So it's funny. I had a reporter call me last week and they said, other marketing experts in the space are saying that rebrands are a trend. Do you think that's a trend that we're going to continue to see? And I just chuckled and I said to them, rebrands aren't a trend. Rebrands are the outcome of an internal vision change, people change, service change, product change that is such an adjustment to the core of the business that their outward brand needs to be changed to reflect that. There's nothing trendy about that. And then the other thing I told them was the best companies and the best organizations are the ones that start the ones that start internally because no one is going to believe in your brand if your employees don't. And so when we went through brand transformations at Orion and eMoney before that, and now with our clients here at Intentionally, we start with how do we get everybody internally to believe that the changes that we're making as an organization, one, make sense, and two, need a fresh face on the outside to show the industry how hard we are working to adjust to their needs and the evolution of the business itself. I think it's a step that's easily forgotten. It's a step that's easily skipped, but it's one that is wildly obvious pretty quickly if you miss. I think Orion, my time at Orion, I love those guys. I loved everything about that business. And I feel like the leadership at that organization was so focused on brand advocacy, which made my job awesome, right, as the head of marketing. But it all started internally. It all started with happy employees. It all started with educated employees. It all started with a good culture. And so I am a firm believer that any branding, whether it's the same branding you've always had or something new needs to be felt and believed in by your internal folks before it can be something that external clients, prospects, partners can get excited about. That seems like a huge flipping undertaking and an enormous amount of work. And I was entirely setting you up because I wanted to ask you about this new tool that you've built. And so this is a big deal and super, super cool. Where do you want to begin with this? Oh my gosh. Okay. So Susan Theater, a good friend of mine, she's the CMO at FMG. When we launched Intentionally, she was super support, supportive. And she came to us and she said, hey, guys, we build thousands of websites, as we all know that they do. And but we don't have an intern. They don't have an internal agency. They're a tech company. Right. And she said, could you be our brand partner? And we put some stuff together and we worked towards that goal. And what we realized is the offering that we were providing was cost prohibitive to small advisory firms. We work with custodians, we work with fintechs, we work with asset managers. So to bring that package to an advisory firm was tough. It just was. But it got the wheels turning here at Intentionally because we want to democratize good branding. 
And we wanted to be able to serve the advisor market in a way that maybe we hadn't been able to before. So we built a tool. It's called Advisor Brand Builder. It is so fun and so cool. It's essentially a bottled up version of the brand experience that we took Orion through, that we took eMoney through, that we take our clients through to get to the core of who they are and the perception that they want the marketplace to have about them and how those things, why they're passionate about what they do and what, how those things tie into both, both their visual brand and their messaging. So it is a workflow that you go through, questions that you're answered, you're probed, you're pushed, you're, you have to dig deep to answer some of the things that we're asking. But at the end, you're automatically generated with three style board options with fully downloadable fonts, royalty-free images, logos, everything that you need to build your brand, three different message frameworks that you can choose from based on the tone of them, and then a branded PowerPoint template, branded social media banners, branded social media posts, stationery, business cards, everything in this like beautifully branded package within 48 hours of answering a few questions and hitting a button. Yes, it is awesome. Yes. It feels like a dream come true. I am hoping that advisors get really excited about this. The ones that we've taken through the process are blown away by it. We have one woman who took her new color palette and started painting her walls in her office. So amazing things are happening. But you know what, Matt, the use case that we're seeing the most is firms who want to recruit, right? They're like, how do I provide newly onboarded teams with one, something that's differentiating to our firm and two, something that's provides a beautiful onboard experience. Sure. Well, the, the firms that are killing it, the firms that are getting the most recruiting aren't because they have necessarily the greatest products and services. It's because there's the culture there that the advisor feels like they can actually continually grow, right? And 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 you, it all starts, and I love how you said that, it all starts in internally, right? Um, we, we believe in the democratization of all of it too, right? I mean, we built our academy for a very similar reason, not with the same sort of uh, deliverable necessarily, but I think a lot of us who are company owners at this stage in this world of financial services really realize that we need to bring these great ideas to the masses so that the smaller advisor on Main Street who's really doing the work can go ahead and, and get their unique ability, their what makes them fundamentally themselves, so that they stop looking like every other advisor. If I see another puzzle piece or another oak tree or a website that's all green or two old white people holding hands walking down the beach, I'm going to go crazy. I don't even have any hair left. Then I'm going to pull out the three left. So, Same. And you know what? I think it's just, I think advisors think that a website is the start of the process, right? They're trained to, to say, I'm starting a firm. I need a logo and a website, right? And what we're trying to carry the flag on is there's a whole step before that you missed. You absolutely need a logo and a website, but there's this whole like messaging exercise, visual brand exercise, like this whole like framing of your business in a unique and differentiated way that you're missing that you can't do those other things without it. And that's why we end up with the crap that you see, right? That's why we end up with the same old stuff. It's because advisors and firms are not going into those website conversations armed with the thinking that they need to create something awesome and in alignment with their values. Oh, you just, you just said something that I had a call recently 
with an advisor, we were talking about how important it is when you're creating content, which is what we do, you have to have a niche, right? And he says to me, but Matt, I'm not any different than the advisor down the street. What, how do you attack that? Because I mean, I had an answer. It sounded good. Was your, was your answer, maybe you need another career? I don't know. Uh, no, no. And I'm so glad that you said that because that, you know, that's really, really powerful. What, what sort of questions, how do you prime that pump? Not to, to have you give away your secret sauce with this new product, but can, can you preview a couple of questions that might get the people's juices flowing so that when they click on the link in the show notes to, to use your tool that they're going to be a little bit more primed for? Okay. So I'm really glad you asked that question because where we landed with our questioning for this workflow was not V1 because V1 got us to the same place people are today. They told us about their services. They told us about their processes. They told us about the things that are the standard pages on a website. And I thought to myself, we, if we put this out, we're perpetuating the problem. So we went back and we changed it. And now we ask questions like, why did you get into this business? What do you love most about serving your clients? What do your clients love about working with you? Why are, what are you most passionate about in the conversations that like, we're, we're getting more to the core and the realness of why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why do you love it? Why do people choose you? What is it that creates a connection between you and the clients that you have? So as you go through this workflow, you're going to see that. And that's why I said it's a little bit, you got to be ready to dig into it. You got to be ready to bury your soul a little bit because that's the only way you're going to get to a good outcome. You have to be ready to be a little bit more personal than maybe you would have otherwise been. But V2 and where we landed in terms of the questioning is really, to your point, trying to pull it out, trying to give you no choice but to be able to identify why you and he are not the same. I remember asking a question like that. When I worked at Carson, we had this blue, called blueprinting. We asked a lot of those questions in, in the blueprinting process. And, and I remember an advisor had said to me, wow, I became a financial advisor because it was the most lucrative job I could have had. And I said, okay, that's fine. But why are you still an advisor? And he was like, ooh, I don't know if I can answer that. I said, well, you're not chasing money anymore. You have more money than you're probably ever going to be able to spend. This was a very successful advisor. So why are you still getting up and why are you excited about going to work? And Kelly, that second level question, right, which is where your whole system, your V2 was the second, third level questions. That's where the magic really does happen. And those light bulbs go on, not off, they go on. And they're like, oh my God, I see now what these branding people have been talking about forever. Yep. It's so true. It's so true. And it's really fun to watch people go through that sort of process. It's really rewarding. Tina Powell, my team was just telling me this morning about an advisor that she was going through the process with and how he was telling her things that he had like never even admitted to himself. And his wife was on the call and she was like surprised by some of these things. And it's a really cool, it's a really cool process if you do it right. And anybody, listen, I encourage anybody who you could already have a brand, but taking you through the process that we've laid out, even if you don't need a new logo or new colors, but just even for the messaging piece of it to reacquaint yourself 
with why you're doing what you're doing is a worthwhile exercise. Even every couple years, like you and I need that too, right? Every once in a while, you have to be like, wait, let me remind myself. What do I love about this? What is my purpose? What is my mission? What am I trying to change? It's like a uplifting, uplifting effort to go through every now and then. Yeah, Kirk and I sit down every year and go through our brand manifesto, all of the vision values of the organization, making sure that we're staying in line and also that's the direction that we want to go. The other thing too that I think is really important about what you're what you've built here and in, in working with intentionally is that intention, right? So when if it's hard to have intention right in front of you, but it's easy to be much more intentional with your marketing when you create a three to five year plan, then you have that forest through the trees viewpoint. Okay, Kelly, if somebody wants to go ahead and get involved in this, where do they go? What do they do? Oh my gosh, you go to advisorbrandbuilder.com or intention.ly.com, either place. And one thing I forgot to mention that I do want to make sure I say is AI is all the rage, guys, right? Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's using it. Everybody's trying it. Advisor Brand Builder uses AI on the back end, multiple AI tools to be able to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. But that is not without a major proprietary algorithm connecting all of the pieces on the back end that we've built. And then our team on the back end going in and refining every detail of your brand to make sure it's perfect before it's delivered to you. So I I think that's a really important point in this crazy world where everybody's trying to find a shortcut. There's no shortcut for beautiful branding. There's no tool that is going to be able to do it better than a designer. So we have, through this tool, infused the best of both. We've cut down the time using technology to get to the best outcome, and we've added our phenomenal, intentionally brand experts on the back end to make sure that you get the best outcome possible. And I'm, I'm glad that we're going to end with that because I think that's just such a nice exclamation point. AI is a magnificent tool that if you know how to use it, if you know how to program it, if you know uh, what the tool can do, then you also understand the limitations of AI. It's I do metal art, right? And so I've got this really unbelievable welder and I've got all of these cutting tools and stuff like that. Those are the tools that I use to create art, right? AI can be that magnificent tool that speeds that process up that can maybe get you 50 to 75% of the way there. But you, there's still a human component that AI probably will never solve, especially in our world of being creative, right? That is how you really get things past the finish line. But more importantly, it's yours and you own it. I love that somebody went through this exercise and then started changing the color scheme of their office, right? So those are the sorts of like, when you know the brand is you want to be proud of it. We want advisors to be their own loud, right? And the most comfortable way for you to be your own loud is one, be you, and two, say the things that you know are important that you need to say for you to be the best you you can be. And going through the foundational thing that you have built here, Kelly, is absolutely fantastic. So listen, sister, thank you very much for spending some time with us today. We're going to do some lots of stuff together here in the near future, I'm assuming, because we're very philosophically in line with stuff. And I can't wait for that. So everybody needs to stay tuned. Make sure you go to advisorbrandbuilder.com. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Perfect. perfect. And please go to intentional.ly. And also, you should probably follow Kelly and her team on social because they're always putting out wonderful thought leaderships. For Kelly and everybody at Intentionally, this is Matt Halloran. We'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. 
Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.